This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. we go welcome aboard glad you are with us i had to get a little bit of the neck in i haven't heard neck played all season long but we had to get it played tonight i couldn't take it anymore y'all hey boom says stephen miller on facebook live he didn't get he got beat tonight, y'all. Dylan Landry got beat. God dog, I can't believe it. But let's go get it, dog. This is Are You Serious Sports. I hope every one of you are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. We have a good show in store for you tonight. What is your LSU score prediction? If it is that they actually will play on Saturday. I've never seen a game go into a Friday when you're about to play on a Saturday and it get canceled. It's getting really thin. Sam Pittman confirmed our report from a couple days ago that this game isn't looking too hot, y'all. Isn't looking too hot. But we will see. Anyway, either way, hit me with your LSU score 
predictions. Nader, the Nader, who is probably covers the Saints better than anyone, is going to be joining us at 7.20. I made a boo-boo. I misspelled my man's name when I was letting all you are you Syrians know what about what the shows uh, was going to be about tonight? So I publicly apologize for that. I should not have spelled my names, my man's name wrong. But Nader will be joining us around seven twenty to talk about the Saints. I might go on a little bit of a Rafino's rant. I wanted to do it yesterday about this Miles Brennan situation. I think they're playing a little Rudy Poo uh, ticky tack tag with us. I'll be talking about that as well. But before we get started, guys, as always, and yes, I will do some SEC picks. I will do some SEC picks. We'll go there. But before we get to that, guys, as always, and before I get to the comments, we got to play, not play, pay a couple of them bills around here. And you guys got to go see my good friends over at GM, Varnado and Sons. GM Varnado and Sons has faithfully been serving your Denim Springs and Baton Rouge era for over 62 years. With their highly trained technicians, there's absolutely nothing that they can't do. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motorhome chassis, truck repair, routine maintenance, tire repair, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big and or too small at GM. 225-664-9992. That's 225-664-9992. And go see them over at 2500 Florida Boulevard. And if that car just ain't working, go see the number one four car salesman in all of the state of Louisiana at 11455 Airline Highway, Robinson Brothers Ford. All you got to do is go there and hashtag ask for Woody. 225-603-5432. That's 225-603-5432. And tell him Blake Rafino sent you on by. All right, let's get to a couple of these comments before. And I don't know why StreamYard's doing that. That's a Facebook thing. Some of y'all's pictures will pop up right here, like right here, but some of it won't. Stephen Miller says, hot route. Hot route. Danny says, let's go, Blake. Let's go, guys. Dylan says, straight in my veins. Yeah. Hey, yo. God, man, they really going to have to play next sometime this year if they can actually play. Now, let me tell you this before we get off the start of the top. I talked to another Arkansas source today uh, who told me that Arkansas might have 55 guys that can play on Saturday. Guys, the limit is 53. So, man, this ain't looking good, dog. It ain't looking good. And look, I, I feel like a lot of LSU fans have checked out anyway, but not because of just losing. But let me say this. Let me say this. And I'm going to tell you this, and I want to go on record. Because if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll, I'll take the heat. Something's different about this LSU football team right now, y'all. I can't put my thumb on it right now. The energy seems to be a little bit different. When's the last time you heard a Go Tigers from Ed Orgeron at the end of the press conference? Now, per Ed Orgeron, just moments ago, just moments ago, it was their best practice of the season. We will see how truthful that is if they actually do play on Saturday. LSU could be catching Arkansas right at the right time, y'all. Right at the right time. I hope that we come in here Saturday on the post-game show and we're playing neck. Hey, yo. Y'all know I can't sing the rest of that song, right? You, like, y'all know that? Because 
you know, there's some really inappropriate stuff that's said in that song. And this is a family show. Stephen Miller says, OMG, have y'all seen the App State helmets for this weekend? Stephen Miller, I have not. I have not. I'm sure. Are they Rudy Poo, Stephen? Let me know. Are they Rudy Poo? Dylan says, undefeated, my boy. Not no, not no more. I don't know. Let's look at these comments. Let's go up on Facebook. Stephen Miller got you, dog. By a literally a millisecond. Stephen Miller was hitting that refresh. <laughs> Let's see. Kari Hayes says, after Coach O's speech, they better win. Tired of the we had the best week of practice talk. Um, I agree there, but man, again, there's stuff that I'm hearing. There's stuff that I can just see with my own eyeballs. Something is different around this team. Something's different, y'all. I don't know what it is, but something seems different. Now, is it Terrace Marshall saying, hey, it doesn't matter what happens. I'm not opting out. Let's go start winning freaking football games, and let's be men. Dylan Landry just sent me the photo because he's contesting like it's the 2020 presidential election that he was the first comment in the stream. <laughs> Brandon says, who that? What's up, Brandon? He says, I'm going to send a pick. Okay. Okay. My mother says, you better not finish that song. I'm not going to finish it. Danny Cran says, LSU 35, Arkansas 17, LSU with that W. All right. Let's just do this right now because he's contesting it. He's contesting it. Okay. Steven Miller, you're going to have to sit. I mean, I got it right here too, Steven. But Steven, just text that one to me. Just text that one to me. All right, Brandon asked, it's rival Lake, baby. It's rival week, baby, I'm assuming. Uh, the Saints against ugly-ass birds, the Falcons. And uh, who that, baby? Yeah, it is rivalry week around here. LSU fighting for the golden boot. The Falcons versus the Saints. Jameis Winston making his first start for the New Orleans Saints. Going to be very interesting, y'all. Going to be an interesting weekend. Uh, here's my keys just for the game this Saturday, and then I will maybe I'll give a uh, Saints prediction uh, as well at the end of this. But here is my prediction. Uh, Danny says, in a good way, or, or David says, in a good way or bad way. If you're talking about the next song, it's a bad way. It's a bad way. <laughs> what you talking about, Dave? Um, the keys to the game, I think, are very simple. You got If you're LSU, you have to come out with a crap ton of energy. Like your hair is on fire. Like Shane Falco and the replacement said so many years ago. So many years ago. Guys, play like there's no tomorrow because there might not be. You never know. None of us predicted COVID-19 to strike. And a mitigated season. And a shortened season. None of us expected any of this. None of us want this. I don't think there's anybody in the nation, I shouldn't say that, but sports-related that wants, that absolutely just wants COVID-19 to happen. You need to go out there and play with the most energy and like someone just kicked you in the ass and, and, and get out there and play ball. Listen, I said it yesterday and I'm going to say it again. If T.J. Finley slides and he takes a little bit of a hit and I don't see an offensive lineman absolutely tattoo somebody at the end of the play, I might lose it. 
guys, we got to play with some energy because you see the streams, you see the LSU fans not wanting to engage, and it's fine. But people are checking out. You have to generate your own energy. 100,000 fans isn't going to be in Death Valley probably at all this year. You have to generate your own motivation. And if they do, and I feel like this is all really LSU needs, if you generate your own energy, you have the talent to really beat anybody that you're going to play for the rest of the season. And yes, I get that they play Alabama. I get that they play Florida. I get that they play Texas A&M and Ole Miss. But you should have no argument whatsoever to not be 2-2 two and two after this game. None. Hell, the truth of it is, you don't really have a lot of excuses not to maybe upset one of those teams or make it damn near close. Don't care what the final score is either in this game. Seriously, I don't. If everyone wants to say this season doesn't count any damn way, then let's do it. Then let's ride that wave. I don't believe so, but let's ride that wave. But the one thing that I want to see is younger guys getting experience and playing with their hair on fire. Uh-oh. Michigan State, Maryland just canceled, says Stephen Miller. Boo! Man, this ain't looking good, y'all. This ain't looking good. No, sir, Reed. Soul on Twitter says, are they for sure playing this week? No, they're not for sure. And they're for sure not not, not playing. <laughs> I mean, man, I'm just going to tell you what I hear. People in Arkansas, are they tell me that they got like 55 guys. The, the, the minimum's 53. So if they only got 53 guys and some, some walk-ons, Sam Pittman wants to play. Sam Pittman does want to play. But if he, I mean, look, guys. If they don't have the guys, they can't play. If they hit that 53, it's over. God, I can't take it. Everybody, all of you that will watch this show, please just pray. If you're if you're if you believe in God or not, please just pray that this, you know, cross your fingers if that's what you do, read your zodiac sign. I don't know what you people do. But if you do, Man, I can't take another week of this shit. I'm just being honest. I cannot take another week of this shit. Anyway, Corey Hayes says, is Cardell Thomas on his way to bus status? The kid was a viral sensation a few years ago. Corey, he's only played one season. This is his second season. I mean, I'm of the opinion, guys, I'm of the opinion that we have to get out of this phase and thought process. If a guy's not playing in year two, especially if he's an offense or defensive lineman, regardless, regardless of his his star status, especially a guy that's coming off a significant injury like Carl Thomas is. And, Carl, I'm not saying this because of you. I mean, I'm not saying it, but... I, it's just of my opinion. I think he needs more time. But that is me. I mean, let's not forget Joe Burrow was a fifth-year senior when he scored 65 touchdowns for LSU. He was 23. I mean, but that that's me. 
Let's see. David says, I thought that pre-Marshall speech, just hope it jumpstarts them, was just asking Blake if he meant if he if he meant after the speech. Yeah, I think he meant it. I fully believe he meant think he meant it. If the season doesn't count, then why in the hell we keep in score, Yogi Berra? <laughs> I don't know if Yogi Berra said that, but damn, that's a hell of a quote. That is a hell of a quote. Blake Quibido says 15 or 16 games canceled so far this weekend. Yep, that's true. Dylan Landry says play. Cross your toes, he says too. Craig Schilling says, Pia, the game gets played. Yes, sir. Okay. Oh, or pray that the game gets played. Yes, sir. I hope it gets played, man. Like, really? Because here's another thing, too, and a little bit to Craig's point here. Well, not to really Craig's point because he didn't say this, but a little to what I'm going to add to this. If people start talking about players not having uh, a game experience next season, I'm definitely going to lose it. I'm definitely going to lose it because, you you know, you got people out here saying that they should have been playing last week and now you want to say, oh, they should have, you know, they don't have any game experience. Ah, don't cut y'all better pray to God that they play this weekend for some of you. Uh, I thought at the beginning of the season, Greg Sankey said 53 was a guideline, but if that team wanted to play if had below 53, they could. No, it's 53, dog. <laughs> it's 53. The NCAA said it was 53, too. No, it's 53. Uh, Blaine Smith says, what's up, guys? And Stephen Miller says, what's up? Ryan Mayer says, what's up, Blake Rafino? That is me, your host of this show. What's up, Ryan? Uh, Blaine Smith says, cooking some garlic and herb chicken up in here. Up in here. Up in here. Y'all gonna make me lose my mind if LSU don't play Saturday. All right, another key for this game, you're gonna have to take pressure off of TJ Finley in this running game. You don't have an option, guys. You do not have an option. If LSU is unable to generate a any type of running game, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Look, Matt Corral has had a really good season, and didn't they have like six picks against Matt Corral when they were dropping eight in coverage? Yeah. So this defense isn't a pushover or Rudy Pooh. Here's the thing that we're all going to be monitoring if this game is played on Saturday, though, however, is what guys are out. How many starters are out? What do they do now that starters are possibly out? You don't you don't get to that point where you're playing with f- close to 53 guys and starters aren't out. So, you know, Sam Pittman today was asked, well, I don't, I'm not going to clarify if starters are out or not. Maybe we have a couple. Dog, you ain't got 53 players on your roster and you're going to play a game on Saturday and you ain't got starters out. That's not how that works. 85 scholarship players, get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. So it's going to be interesting to see who they have out. Now, I... You know, it could be something significant as a Felipe Franks. You know, some people say, well, he's not doing too good, got a wrist problem, could have COVID. So we'll have to see. Either which way, and here's the truth, even if Arkansas was fully ready to go, no matter what, you this it still was no excuse for LSU not to win this game anyway. Right? Like, there's not one scenario where LSU should not win this game. Uh, the third thing, before we get my good friend Mr. Nader Murphy up in, up in here, 
to talk about some Saints. Um, number three, I just want to. I don't care how many points this defense gives up. I really, really don't. At this point in the season, don't care. See number one. I want guys flying around the football. I want guys making big hits and getting hyped up. Man, where's the swag? The LSU anthem last season was the the song Swag Surfing. Man, I got that swag, that polo down my back. Well, go get it. Have some swag on on this defense. Play like it because here's the truth. And everyone's questioning if LSU's got talent or not. Hell yeah, they got talent on defense. Go play with some swag. Go play with some fight. And I promise you, Bo Pelini included, and everybody ripping on Bo Pelini, Bo Pelini included, if they play with fight and energy and want to, man, this defense could be scary because I think that they got the talent. All right, we're going to get to my good friend, Mr. Nader. Before we do that, everyone go see my good friend, Mr. John Patton, over at Area Home Lending. With all the help from the Federal Reserve, it has pushed mortgage rates down to the lowest that they've ever been. Yes, the lowest ever. If you're considering buying a new home, saving money on a mortgage that you have now, or even doing that cash-out refi, the timing has never been better. 225-663-2500. That's 225-663-2500. Tell them Blake Rafino over at AYS sent you. And for all of your financial advising needs, give my good friend Mr. Michael Bazil a call at 504-343-1576. That's 504-343-1576. If you live for it, you damn sure better plan for it. Okay, let's give Mr. Nader a call here and talk about some saints with him. I got a lot of, a lot of questions I got to ask him, especially about Drew. And- Hello? Nader, what's happening, my man? What's up, man? Oh, man, just, you know, getting fired up. We got LSU this weekend, hopefully. We got the Saints yeah. going up against the Falcons. Okay, the the, the 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 Falcons is what we call them up in AYS. So we're, 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 we're getting right. ready, man. How, how about you? How are you doing tonight? Oh, man, I'm doing good. I can't complain. I hear you, man. I can't complain, man. Well, Nader, let me, let's just go out the gate here and, and, and talk about this. Drew Brees is hurt. Jameis Winston in. Uh, I'm just going to kind of give you the floor on what you think and what you hear around Jameis Winston in his first start from the New Orleans Saints and how confident are you that he can lead this team to a victory on Sunday? Oh, man, um, to answer that second part of the question, I'm I'm very confident in Jameis Winston going into this week. Um, Jameis Winston, you know, played in the NFC South. He had, you know, he played the Falcons twice a year. So last year when he played the Falcons, he actually went one and one. And in both of those games, one of them, he had three, four touchdowns or three, four touchdown passes. And then mm-hmm. the other one, he had two touchdown passes. But the thing is, he had two interceptions in both games. So I know right. a lot of people always throw the throw the interception uh, thing out there when they talk about Jameis Winston. But, you know, that was last year. He was on a team which didn't have a good offensive line. They didn't have a good running back. Um, well, a good run game. And now it's like vice versa. It's flipped. His whole world's flipped. Now he has a good offensive line and he has two <laughs> awesome running backs. So, um, you know, the situation is unfortunate for Drew Brees. Obviously, it's like a mirror of last year, basically. You're looking in the mirror, it's the same thing with Teddy Bridgewater coming in. 
um, to the Rams game. I actually was in L.A. for that game, and uh, he wasn't mentally prepared in taking over for Breeze that game, and so he didn't have a really good game, and the Saints lost that game. But Sean Payton, the next week, put a game plan around Teddy Bridgewater to help with Teddy Bridgewater's strengths at quarterback. And Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's going to do with Jameis Winston moving forward. He knows that Jameis Winston has a cannon of an arm. He knows that Jameis Winston likes to throw it deep. Um, And it's actually a good thing for the Saints being that you have a guy like Jameis Winston who can stretch the field, who can get a a 50-yard deep pass or 60-yard pass to Emmanuel Sanders or Deontay Harris or a Callaway type of player. So, um, it's going to help us, man. It's going to help the Saints overall, I think. And I think Jameis is actually going to do pretty good because they're not going to make him do the things that he did in Tampa Bay. And, again, he won't have to worry about um, his offensive line not being able to block because the Saints' offensive line is top three in the NFL. I completely and, – and, and, Nader, I can make the argument, you know, as a former collegiate one myself, that they might mm-hmm. be the best offensive line in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, now yep. look, I get that Cesar Ruiz has struggled at yep. times for a rookie, but man, there have yep. been times where he's really gotten out in space on some of those screens mm-hmm. and done some really good stuff. I, I want to go back to your point that you made inside, uh, talking about Jameis Winston and it being a mirror of last season. Nader, mm-hmm. in the, I, I don't know how to really ask this because I know it's in my mind, but I have a hard time articulating it. I don't want Drew Brees ever to – I don't ever want him to go down. That's not what I'm saying. But for the no, future no, 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 of the New Orleans Saints, is this kind of a little blessing to see if you actually got something in yeah. Jameis here? It is. And I actually tweeted that uh, last week or at the end of the week. Uh, actually, after on Monday. Monday I tweeted it. I was like, you know, this is actually – this might be a blessing in disguise because you got a guy like Jameis Winston who's on a one-year – uh, one you know one million dollar contract, and then you got a guy who they're paying in Taysom Hill, you know twenty mil over you know however many years, and so with that being said, now you really get an opportunity to see well, all right, is Jameis Winston Winston the future of the Saints? Can he be that quarterback? Can he build that rapport up with Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, and you know be able to um, you know get the ball to Kamara in space and, and things like that? So. I think, man, I think that he definitely has the pedigree in being a number one quarterback. I mean, I know a lot of people that play play defense, and, and one guy in particular, uh, Patrick Peterson for the Cardinals, you know, he actually came out, I think it was last year, and he was like, man, one of the hardest quarterbacks that we have to face is Jameis Winston because mm-hmm. he can sling the ball. He can get the ball downfield, man, and, you know, you, gotta, you always got to worry about Jameis. So when you have a cornerback like that, who obviously a lot of people here are familiar with because he went to LSU. But, um, you know, when you have a quarter, a corner that says that and you're like, man, this is Patrick Peterson saying this about Jameis Winston, all you can do is, man, be just be happy and, and just be thankful that, you know, the Saints were able to bring him in on a cheap deal. Obviously, it's a proven deal. He saw what the Saints did last year with Teddy Bridgewater and Bridgewater coming in and going 5-0, and and then Bridgewater went to Carolina and got a bag for 60 million um, <laughs> right. so, yeah so so you know it's uh it, he sees what can be done but also too from the saints eyes and the saints perspective they're like well you know everybody always throws out every single year when the draft comes around 
oh, the Saints need a quarterback. They need a quarterback. This year was the Saints need to draft Jordan Love. They need to draft Jordan Love. Let's get a quarterback because Breeze, you know, he was pondering, retiring in the offseason, and we just need a quarterback, need a quarterback. And then next thing you know, ended up signing Taysom Hill, gave him, a, you know, a nice, a nice deal for what he does. And then they also signed Jameis Winston for that one-year, um, one million dollar deal. So I just, I just feel like the Saints are trying to figure out the quarterback situation. And I think right now, these next couple of games, these next three or four games, however long Breeze is out, um, it's definitely going to show, man. It's going to show if, um, if the rapport can definitely be built on offense. But also, too, man, I, I think one thing a lot of people aren't talking about is last year when Bridgewater came in, the defense stepped up so much to help him right. out. And I think that with Jameis coming in, you know, Bridgewater's the quiet guy. You know, he's the quiet quarterback. He goes about his business and, you know, and just comes in, does what he needs to do. And then, and, you know, we used to see him after the game dancing and doing a motorbike dance and the chopper style and all of that. But um, other than that, he's really quiet. Jameis Winston is the total opposite. He's a party guy. He's like a, a wild boy. He's a wild dude. So... <laughs> So when you have a quarterback like that, the team feeds off of him. You know, when he, when he throws a touchdown pass and then the defense, you know, gets an interception or they, they make a critical third down stop, and it's like, all right, well, the defense is amped up. Jameis is amped up. It's just it's overall, you know, it helps the team out in, in general, man. Well, Nader, I'm going to say this as our local, one of our uh, local sponsors from the parish would say, Mike Bazile, that boy be wilding. Okay. Be wildin'. That boy be wildin'. Yeah, he be wildin'. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's how that's how we say it down here, man. That boy be wildin'. Yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. Everyone that has a question for Nader, hit us with the hashtag AskNader, and we will get to some of those questions at the end. Uh, Nader, there's you talked about the defense there. Now, the, the Saints last yeah. week had a couple of injuries, a couple guys nicked up. Is there anybody yeah. that you see that's going to be out that we should be concerned about uh, moving forward into this game? I think the only guy that you might see being out this week is Malcolm Brown. Um, I think he, he might miss this week's game. Um, but other than that, you know, Chauncey Garner-Johnson practiced. He's been practicing. He, he's not even on the injury list. Uh, Lattimore practiced on a limited basis. Um, and also Janoris Jenkins. I mean, those guys have been practicing. So I, I don't expect – a lot from the defense uh, as far as, like, you know, not playing in the game. Cam was actually uh, practicing. Um, he was out with a back injury, um, well, yesterday, I think, and I mm-hmm. think he was he practiced today. So, um, you know, Cam's going to always want to play. That's just the type of player he is. Me and him are actually, like, really c- close friends. So, um, you know, he's probably, he's going to be good to go. He knows how important this next game is, especially against the Falcons. And one thing about Cam Jordan – um, you know, he always he's always ready to play the Falcons. And, you know, every time we talk about it, you know, outside of, you know, on the radio, but personally, he's like, man, I can't wait to sack Matt Ryan, man, because as soon as you hit him a couple of times, that's when he starts throwing those picks and he starts getting, you know, rad, rattled. So, um, but I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to this week's game. But as far as the defense, um, they should be they should be all good to go, except for probably Malcolm Brown. Well, that's that's really good to hear because I know that Lattimore got nicked up a little bit and a couple other guys did too. Yeah. So that's you know that's really really good to hear. Um, sticking on that defense, the the Saints have been able to start generating some pass rush 
And mm-hmm. uh, look, a guy that everyone was ready to get back was uh, was Davenport. And it seems like mm-hmm. he, he, you know, look, Trey Henderson's kind of making a name for him zone. He's been getting a lot mm-hmm. of the starts and a lot of pressure. But it seems like Davenport is starting to come on. Do you think that there's going to be a time where he starts getting those snaps? I mean, what do the Saints do here, Nader? Because you got Cam Jordan, you got Henderson, you you got Davenport. You got to get all three of them on the field. Is there something that you think that they should do moving forward with those three guys? Um, I mean, you can see them probably in in a certain package that they might you know they might set up. But I mean, as far as the Saints mentality, I think that they like what they have. Um, you know, going into this season and, and, you know, basically the week before the season started, you know, the Saints were trying to go out and get Jadavian Clowney, which, you know, um, that was the story that I broke, but, um, mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't get the, they didn't get the deal done with him. So it, I think that was kind of a slap in the face to Trey Henderson, you know, because mm-hmm. it's like, man, the Saints are interested in Clowney. They want to go get Clowney. Sean Payton's flying to Houston and go, get, you know, to meet with Clowney. And, you know, imagine you being a defensive end on the Saints, you know, saying, hey, you know, I know you guys are interested in Clowney. We know who he is. We know what he does. But, man, have some faith in me. You know, have some faith in me that I can do the same job that he could do. Mm-hmm. And, man, he's definitely proven, um, he's proven the haters wrong, man, because he's come in. He's had, what, seven and a half sacks this year, and he's tied for third in the NFL with sacks. So it's just, it's, just, it's just crazy how they find these players, and they always produce some way, somehow. Um, and, you know, with Trey Hendrickson, man, like him and Cam and just Davenport, like you said, Davenport coming back, and everybody was, you know, down on Davenport too. Like, man, he's always hurt. He's always hurt. He's not able to do anything. But last year when he played, he had six sacks. <laughs> and you know he right. he had six sacks. He had six sacks last year. So now you got a guy who had six sacks last year. He missed what four games, five games, and then now you got Trey Hendrickson, who's already at seven and a half sacks. You know, and Cam is starting to get it get it up. You know, they've been chipping Cam a lot. They've been doubling and, and chipping Cam a lot. But still, that's not an excuse because you know all of the good DNs in the NFL they usually get that. You know, so um, but they still produce. Mm-hmm. But again, man, the D line and the defensive end spot, in particular, is definitely um, one that I am very, very happy with moving forward into the season, man. But it's nice to see them stepping up and, and proving people wrong. Yeah, and look, Camp has been the beneficiary of, of Trey Hendrickson and and, and mm-hmm. Davenport, you know, getting pressure off the edge because those chip blocks ain't coming a lot more. And then Camp, you know, yeah. Tristan Wirfs. The rookie uh, right tackle from the oh Bucks, you know, on the first oh play, couldn't even block him. Yeah. And that and, just and goes to go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, and then no, there was there was a play in that game. There was a play in the Bucks game. I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, Cam literally took the uh, Wirfs with one hand and threw him on the ground. So, like, they're definitely trying to get pressure. But you also got to understand too, from their mentality, they're they're super motivated. Whenever they play, you know, a Tom Brady or a Matt Ryan or Aaron Rodgers, you know, it's like it's like a lot of people say now, oh, well, I don't know how the Saints are going to play against the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to blow us out and they're going to smoke us. But it's like you might feel that way and think that way in your brain when you look at the matchup on paper. But, man, these guys get motivated for these type of games. They get motivated. It's the It's the games where it's like, 
you're facing Nick Mullins or you're facing <laughs> somebody that, right. you know, that, that, they're, that they're not motivated and you're like, oh, man, here we go. But the games where you got Mahomes coming in the building or Matt Ryan or those type of players, they're always motivated to get the job done and, and prove themselves. So um, that's why I don't really I don't really panic like a lot of the Who That Nation. You know, they panic when they're like, oh, man, you know, we got Matt Ryan coming in this week. He's going to throw four touchdowns, six touchdowns on us and this, 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 that. And it's like, man, I'm not even really worried about it. I think that it is going to be a lo- I think it's going to be a close game because typically Saints versus Falcons is always a game where it's like 28 to 24. Um, but I think that, man, they're going to try to prove people wrong. And, and one thing that really, really excites me about going into this game is that is one player in particular, Marshawn Lattimore. When you think about Marshawn Lattimore, every time they face the Bucks and he faces Mike Evans, what happens? He he looks like a first a ballot Hall of Famer, bro. I mean, yeah, right, right, right. But but guess what? But it's the same thing with Julio. That's how mm-hmm. he his mentality. It's all about mentality, man. If you think that everybody is a Mike Evans or a Julio Jones. And you're going to step up to the occasion because you know people are watching you face the, the top wide receivers in the NFL. You're supposed to be one of the top corners in the NFL, so you need to show out. Now, again, it goes, it goes back to mentality in the sense that whenever you're facing a guy like Julio, Mike Evans, you know Marshawn Lattimore is going to be there. Whenever they're facing a Green Bay team who has Devontae Adams, you know he's going to show up. But... If Devontae Adams isn't playing in that game and you got Marshawn Lattimore going against Alan Lazard, then it's like, oh my God. It's He's going to get roasted. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's just, it's just crazy how, they, how it goes. And, and it, it, it's crazy because, it, again, it just goes down to mentality, man. If you think that everybody is a Mike Evans and a Julio, just play like that and you're going to get a big contract from the Saints if you play the way you do against those guys. I agree. A couple of fan questions, Nader, and we'll we'll get you out of here, yeah. and we'll let everybody know yeah, no where problem. they can follow you, as they've seen on the overlay. But we'll let you uh, let them all know. Yeah. Uh, Brandon asked uh, uh, on Facebook Live. He says, hashtag Ask Nader, is Michael Thomas gonna get it rolling this week after coming yeah. back off of the injuries? What you what you thinking, Nader? Yeah, I think so. I think I think this is the game that Mike Thomas is going to break out for the year. Um, you know, the Falcons' defense has been allowing over 200 to 300 uh, yards to, a, to, a, to wide receivers. So this is the game, if they want to exploit them, I think this is the game that Mike Thomas breaks out. Also, too, you got to think about it. Um, last year, Teddy Bridgewater, Mike Thomas was, his, was pretty much his safety blanket. He would mm-hmm. go to him all the time. And I feel like Jameis Winston is going to have to build that rapport up with Mike Thomas. And he knows what Mike Thomas is. I mean, he was in the NFC South. He's seen what he did last year with the with the receptions record and things like that. So he knows he has to get the ball to Mike Thomas. And I feel like this is the perfect matchup for the Saints to exploit them and get Mike Thomas rolling and get him going. Because, again, man, I know it might sound crazy, but the team, when they see – a Jameis Winston or a Teddy Bridgewater take over for Breeze, they know that they have to step up. Every player on the team knows that they have to step up and, you know, um, take their game to another level. And I think that everybody on that offense knows what needs to be done. And Mike Thomas is definitely a guy who takes uh, takes things very, very seriously as far as the wide receiver 
Rapport goes, and uh, he's definitely going to have a breakout game this year. I mean, uh, this week. Nader, last question. We'll get you out of here, and I, a couple of people have asked, but I'm going to ask you because it's it, it's a question I have for you too. I don't know mm-hmm. how to really really to pronounce his last name, but I call him on on your mama. But Danny Onyemata, look, has been a guy that seems like at times has been an unsung hero to for me. To you, who yeah. is that guy on this team that he's not a household name? Saints fans see him a little bit, but has come up big and is I don't want to say going to be breaking out like a Taysom Hill did a couple years ago. But do you see a guy on this team that is going to be breaking out soon for the Saints? I think the player that comes to mind when you ask that question is Deontay Harris. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that a guy like Deontay Harris who can do what he does in the kicking game, but also, too, man, opening up that offense. Again, you know, the the biggest argument, and, you know, some people are just crazy in general, but, you know, it's just, oh, Drew Brees can't get the ball downfield and, you know, this and that. Okay, that's fine. You can say that. But – when you when you enter a guy like Jameis Winston into the mix who can get the ball down the field, now you have a guy like Deontay Harris who can catch a kick return, right, and take it to the house. You have a guy who can bring the ball up to the 50-yard line or put the Saints in good position, good field position, or you can start on the 20, 25-yard line, and then you gotta, you're got you throwing a bomb to him. And I just feel like, you know, when I, when I think about Deontay Harris, I'm not saying he's like um, Tyreek Hill fast, but in the sense of um, size and kind of speed, a little, uh, uh, I would say he's he's a medium version as far as speed is concerned with, uh, you know, with uh, Tyreek Hill. But I just feel like when you add him into the mix with Mike Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders and you got Jared Cook in the middle, you got Kamara coming out the flat, I think there's just too many uh, weapons on offense for the defense to focus in on. And, you know, he he's kind of the guy that goes unnoticed in the sense that, man, I got a double mic and I got to play one-on-one with a manual or have safety help. Well, if you have safety help on a manual, right, and then you have your doubling um, Mike Thomas, somebody's going to be open. I mean, either it's going to be Kamara in the flat, it's going to be Jared Cook, hitting a slant in the middle, or it's going to be an all-go special to Deontay Harris. And I just feel like, man, he's one of the unsung heroes, man, of this year, and I just feel like he's going to start picking it up. And I think that with the playoffs coming around and, you know, hopefully we make the playoffs and everything goes how we think it's going to go, I think he's going to be a big, big threat um, in the playoffs. And he had one of those, um, those plays last year against Minnesota. He had that big catch. I think it was a 60 yard catch Yep. Uh, in between those two defenders. So man, if, if Sean Payton can open up the offense with him, especially right now with Jameis Winston, and he knows that I have, you know, yeah, Drew Brees might not be able to get the ball as efficient down the field as, as he used to. I mean, Hey, it is what it is, you know, but you got a guy who can definitely get the ball down there. Let's stretch it up. Let's stretch the field. And I think one of the things that I really, really want to see going into this game on Sunday against the Falcons is, hey, let's run Kamara to first play. Run Murray to second play. Or you can, you can switch it. Hey, let's first play of the game, man. Take a shot. Take a shot to Deontay Harris or Emmanuel Sanders or one of those guys and open up that offense and, and keep the defense on their toes and say, hey, look, we're not scared. <laughs> you know, yeah, 
Breeze is sitting on the sideline or Breeze isn't here. But guess what? We're going to throw the ball. We gonna we know we know you guys can't cover us, and we're going to throw the ball. So now what that does is the defense is not so focused on Kamara because they're always going to try to take Kamara out the game or try to double Mike and take him out the game. And I think that one of the things that I really, really like, uh, really liked with Mike Thomas being out is you had guys like Callaway stepping up. You had guys like Emmanuel Sanders and Traquan Smith, you know, they're having a two-touchdown game against Detroit. Emmanuel Sanders going for over 100 yards. Um, and just other guys, Jared Cook stepping up. So what happens is now you see your offense without Michael Thomas, right? So when the playoffs comes around, what happens? All right, they want to take away Michael Thomas. That's fine. We know what to do. We know a guy like Emmanuel Sanders can step up. Traquan Smith can step up. Callaway can step up. Jared Cook can step up. You got guys now who they're trying to add into the mix as far as like Adam Trotman, um, and, you know, different players like that who are just trying to get themselves going. So, again, man, I just feel like the future is bright, uh, especially for this season. I know everybody's down because Drew Brees is hurt. But, man, if there's one coach that I would put my money on to make sure that this team keeps it rolling, it is definitely Sean Payton. Well, Nader, I'm going to need you to do me a favor and tell Sean Payton to unblock me on Twitter. <laughs> oh, damn. What did you do, man? I literally – all I said, I swear, all I said, and I didn't even tag him. I did. I swear. All I said, Nader, it's not even that bad. I swear. All I said was questionable call there to put Taysom in, and then he fumbled, and it, that was against Green Bay. Like that's all I said. The next thing I know, I'm trying to look at Sean Payton's Twitter. He done blocked me. I'm like, dog, was you Google, like, was you searching Taysom Hill and you just found my post oh. and you just blocked me? Like, come on, man. Did, did you, did you, um, did you tag him in it or no? No, other people did though. Other people were like, oh, Sean yeah. Payton, they Blake's, Blake's trying to roach you. you. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to get after I, I was just saying it was a questionable call. People were tagging Sean Payton and said, oh, he trying to roast you, dog. And I'm like, I ain't roasting nobody, bro. It yeah. just, it, that ain't happening. I but know. Anyway, anyway, it, it, uh, I'll tell him to unblock you, man. No <laughs> I appreciate it, man. Hey, you've been absolutely yeah, no amazing as always, buddy. Tell everybody where they can find all of your great stuff. Oh, man, you can uh, follow me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Nader, N-A-D-E-R, 723. You also could follow um, our Sports Overtime. That's my show that I do every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. on uh, TalkThatNola.com. And basically, um, you can follow our Sports Overtime page on Twitter. It's at Sports Overtime underscore. And um, again, man, Sports Overtime every single Wednesday, 7 to 8 p.m. on TalkThatNola.com. And uh, we're also on Spotify, too. So just look up Sports Overtime, and you'll see us on Spotify as well. Awesome, man. I appreciate you joining the show, and we're going to have to bring you back on again soon, man. Thank you so much. Oh, man, anytime. Anytime, man. Anytime you need me, just call me. All right, man. Sounds good. That was Mr. Nader. Absolutely the best. One of the best uh, when it comes to covering the Saints. Cade, we can only take one phone call at a time, dog. We can only take one phone call at a time. If we don't answer, just try again. But, yes, you can call in at 
Here he is here. All right. I hope that this is Cade because he's been asking <laughs> to call Lynn. You damn, yeah, you damn, yeah, I'm right. So, listen, I got a good comparison right now to what we've been talking about, and I've been listening to you talk about it, about the tackling of LSU this year. It has not been very good. Okay. Correct? Correct. Okay, so I'm going to, before I get to this point, I'm going to go back to 1995-1996. University of Florida with Steve Spurrier they had the great fun and gun offense, and they actually had a really good defense. Uh, I think Kevin Carter was a defensive end, played for the Rams. I think he might have been on the Super Bowl team in, when the Rams won the Super Bowl against the Titans, I believe. Like, I think Kevin Carter, he might have been there. But the University of Florida... They go play Nebraska in the Fiesta Bowl. And that was the Tom Osborne days when they ran the I formation and they had an excellent defense. So I'm going to go to this. Nebraska, in the practices that those, that the defense, that the defense, when they uh, practiced against the offense, they had to go against a physical offense. And those guys, if you actually, I actually kind of went back to the game and watched it. Those guys from Nebraska were hell of a bunch of hell of a guys who would tackle everybody. They would get to the ball and they would bring bring the juice and knock the hell out, knock the hell out of you. So when Florida played that team, fun and gun, throwing the ball around, they were shell shocked. And so let's fast forward now. And of course, Florida got the hell beat out of them. LSU Ed Orgeron gets a job after less miles. And us Miles was the I-formation guy, and they had a, and what what you heard is they had a lot of tough practices. Uh, guys were might, might have been tired. So when Ed Orgeron took over the job, he scaled back the practices. And, of course, you know, he wanted to change things up, which won a national championship. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. But my point of it being is because the offense is – kind of evolved and changed from the physical team that, that we, they were that we were once can that be an effect on a defense who were, who is not bringing the heat on the tackles that's my question no to you no uh-uh i don't believe so you don't think that no because i so. no because here's the reason why then explain it with nick saban in alabama explain it with dabo sweeney and clemson explain it with ryan day at ohio state Explain it with an 0-4 Penn State with James Franklin. All of those teams are still having the same problem. And they've came, they've come from the power-run football-oriented offense to a more spread-throw-it-around type things. Here's two things that I think is the difference. Number one, I think that players now are more in space, and it's a want-to to go out there and tackle. Some of these guys... Yeah. Some of these guys in high school just were the man. And you do have a lot of young guys. So to say from a holistic standpoint, if it were just an LSU problem, then I would say, okay, maybe that may, that maybe that would hold some weight. But then you'd have to start going around the country and looking at other programs and explain why it's happening there too. So, so, so my, my point is is about the practices that that's going on. Yeah, but Nick Saban, back, Nick Saban's practice, back, Nick Saban's practice though, Cade hasn't changed. No, like, they've ne- they never changed because I guarantee you they're probably pretty physical 
physical practices a lot. More well, than they, well, you got to be careful about that, too, because of the COVID restrictions they have on players this year. So, uh, you, uh, minus, minus the COVID, minus the COVID. Well, minus all that stuff. I get what you're trying to say, Kate, and we're going to have to let you out here because we're going to have to get off the show. But the problem with that, though, is is this is really the first year that it's a problem at LSU. So if that's a problem and you're going through COVID, then you have to put COVID into effect as a factor. You can't just say, well, well, you know, you can't do that. The, The thing with the tackling from a holistic standpoint, is for two reasons. Like I mentioned, obviously, because of the physicality and guys being out in space, it's really hard to tackle a guy in space versus guys that were running up in in the eye formation and you had seven guys around the football and there was a lot more gang tackling. I think that that's a bigger issue. But I think another thing, too, is is that you have defenses that are on the field for 65, 70, 80 plays a game and guys are going to get worn down. The game is a lot yeah. faster than it was. So I think that so, – so, go ahead, go ahead. So so, so if, if that's going to be a major problem for defenses moving forward in, in, in the new scale offenses um, and the defenses get worn down, the, the, as a – if you were a coach in the, in the – even the high school level, I mean, I don't, even, I don't care. I mean, pro level is totally different ball game. But if – if it were you and you go to yourself, well, man, we're going to start having man, men drop left and right, cramps, all this stuff left and right on defense. Uh, as a team, do we need to start running the ball again a little bit more and running that clock to keep that defense a little – and have a, have a defense to make plays against, you know. I mean, all I'm saying is I think it's pathetic nowadays that everybody thinks that – well, of course, we have all the seven-on-seven crap nowadays. But and I think that's ridiculous. All the seven on seven stuff because it, it's just nothing but flag football. But when it comes down to it, when people have to get physical and start pounding somebody, because that's that's what you got to do on defense anyway, is pound somebody back. If you don't do it, they're going to run you over. And 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 if they can put you in the training room, and if you're in the training room, come next week because you're not physically ready to play against those guys. Uh, come next week. Uh, a, a freshman or sophomore ain't ready to play in the SEC. That's all I got to say about it. Okay, we appreciate you calling in, man. Thanks. All right, bye. All right, let's get to some SEC picks, and then we're going to roll out of here for the last podcast of the week until hopefully we have a post-game show. Guys, I have no upset this week. Florida playing Vanderbilt. I think easily Florida. Now this is games against the, not against the spread, so I'm not putting the spread on top of this. I'm going to take Florida, Alabama playing Kentucky. Number one, Alabama playing Kentucky. Give me Alabama. Here's an interesting one, a very interesting one. South Carolina against Missouri. South Carolina has guys opting out. Will Muschamp is out. Give me the Missouri Tigers big, and I mean big. In this game, Tennessee versus all, number 23 Auburn. I think Tennessee's in a dumpster fire, maybe even close to South Carolina. Give me Auburn. Georgia starting JT Daniels for the first time this season. Give me them big over Mississippi State. And LSU and Arkansas, the game that we will be covering and talking about the most. If this game is actually played, 
Give me LSU. My score is going to be, and my final prediction is going to be, LSU 38, Arkansas Razorbacks 24. Guys, my name is Blake Rafino, and this is Are You Serious Sports. Everywhere that you listen to podcasts, we appreciate our good listener or our good partners over at Believe. I don't remember. I just lost my train of thought. Why did? Oh, please go rate and subscribe there. Guys, y'all have a good night. We hopefully to see you Saturday for the postgame show. See you later. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.